Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D, and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm the host of the MBA Insider Podcast and the founder of MBAschool.com. Uh, today, I'm excited because I have with me Ashley Lotzenheiser, who is the Associate Director of Pre-MBA and Professional Programs at the Forte Foundation. We're going to talk about all things Forte, and I'm excited because Ashley is a second-time guest on the show. I uh, really enjoyed the first time we chatted, and I'm excited to bring her back. And we're going to talk all about Forte and Pre-MBA and folks who are really geared at early in their career about what the MBA opportunity really presents. But before we dive into that, I always love starting with a warm-up question. So Ashley, thank you so much for being here. I know that you've worked very closely in the field of education for a long time now. And so I want to start with my warm-up question about your own education. So bring me back to college. What was your favorite class at college and why? Al, thanks so much for having me. It is my absolute pleasure to be here. I love that I got invited back. This is a really great question. My favorite class in college, this is a tough question. So I was a business school student as an undergrad. I majored in marketing and I had a second major in psychology. But when I started in college, I thought I wanted to go to medical school. So I wanna, I thought I wanted to be a psychiatrist. So one of my favorite classes I took was a class called psychopharmacology, which was basically the science behind all of the prescription drugs for any sort of psychological disorders. It was a fascinating class. Uh, very difficult class. That was probably one of my favorite classes. But I'll say maybe one of my other favorite classes was completely unrelated to my areas of study, which was an intro to modern art class. And that was one of my favorite classes because it probably helps me the most when I watch Jeopardy. So that's probably the class that gives me the most Jeopardy answers. So what you're telling me is that your part of your college education is the reason why you're so good at Jeopardy. Yes, 100%. Isn't that why everybody goes to college? No? Uh, yeah, I know, right? I guess so. Well, I think those are both the diversity and the wide range of those courses certainly made learning quite a bit of fun for you, at least in college, or at least that's what it sounds like. Yes, definitely. I could talk about college all day, but that's not entirely what we're here to do. So I guess just to start, could you give us a brief into the Forte Foundation and then what your role is specifically? Absolutely. So Forte is all about changing the status quo in business and in business school. So right now, only about 8% of Fortune 500 CEOs are women. That is an all-time high. We need to change that. <laughs> we want to change the status quo. So Forte has been around for over 20 years and was really started because of women's enrollment in MBA programs was significantly behind other professional graduate programs like medicine and law school. And so through the work that Forte's done, now that percentage is 43% at our partner schools. So we definitely have been changing the status quo in business school. And ultimately, we're also helping women rethink what's possible and showing them the power of an MBA, the power of business education, and empowering women to really change the balance of power in the workplace and ultimately change their lives as well. That's the work that we do. It's big picture stuff. And my role at Forte specifically is for women that are early in their career that are considering an MBA. So I get to work on 
many amazing programs to help women realize the power of an MBA and ultimately make the MBA a possibility for them. That's great. And I don't want to put words in yours or Fortoy's mouth here, but I presume that one of the reasons you focus on business education and business schools because a lot of business schools are feeders into organizations that either are massive and present a chance for more women to have more opportunities in these organizations, or because, quite frankly, a lot business schools have a lot of influence just in the way that businesses and organizations are built, formed, and and grown within the workplace today. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. I, the MBA is a really powerful degree. It can absolutely help find help you find a better job. It can help you make more money, which is obviously influential. But it's those jobs that really ultimately change the lives of other people. And the roles that candidates have after completing an MBA program really are transformative. And they can change industries. They can change countries. They can influence world events. I think we've seen the power of corporations in the last couple of years, certainly. And so the decisions that are made for those businesses ultimately don't just influence the lives of their employees, but influence the lives of many, many other people. So that MBA can be extremely transformative at the individual level, but also can be really transformative in charting what's possible in the world. So I know that's like big and kind of scary, but ultimately the workplaces, changing what a workplace looks like and reshaping a workplace can change what culture looks like. And that influences everyone not just women, but ultimately the workplace is a really influential experience for many. We spend a lot of hours at work or at home working. And so my role specifically, because it's centered on the MBA, I think is kind of a launch pad. And you didn't uh, put any words in my mouth. I feel like you, you took it right out of my mind. Absolutely. And so our mission really is about one of the key pieces is around that transformation that an MBA makes possible. I was actually just on the website looking at the mission, and I'm just going to read something. It says, Forte's mission is to launch women in fulfilling significant careers through access to business education, professional development, and a community of successful women. So I think the we've significantly covered the business education piece and how an MBA can be really transformative for that. But I want to talk about the last two, professional development and a community of successful women, because I think this is really important, particularly for folks who are early in their career who maybe are kind of like, okay, I can sort of get the business education piece and I've heard of an MBA or I hear why it could be valuable. Uh, but why is the piece around professional development, which I presume comes not just in business school, but perhaps after, as well as a community of successful women, how are those two pillars really valuable parts of the Forte experience? Yeah. So Way back when Forte was first founded, it was based on this catalyst research study that was done. And one of the variables that they found that influenced women's path to an MBA was, there were quite a few things. One of them was lacking role models. And so this idea of you have to be able to see it to be it, that was one of the identified areas as women lack role models. They potentially lack support in the workplace from managers or from mentors or sponsors that are not just modeling that behavior, but pushing the MBA. And also women potentially lack that community. So women are underrepresented in business schools still today. They may not have that network of peers and maybe the, those that were a couple of years ahead of them, their seniors, that are, again, modeling this behavior in MBA. And so Forte can step in and play that role. We have a lot of programming available for women 
to connect with one another, to find people. Maybe you don't have somebody in your workplace. You don't have a coworker. Maybe you don't have any people in your professional network or your friends that are looking at an MBA. We're happy to be that community to build that net of other women that are going through this process to connect you with, to find support. So we are always happy to play that role of community, not only for before you get to an MBA, but also when you're in an MBA program, supporting women's organizations on campus. And then of course, in your professional life as well. You know, we mentioned 8% of CEOs of Fortune 500 companies are women. You're going to need support as you rise in the ranks of management. Forte is also happy to play that role for professional women as well. One of the things I always talk about with whether it's current MBA students or prospective students is this idea that the MBA is a point in time experience, but it is something that goes with you throughout the rest of your life and career. And that was part of the reason why I was hoping you would talk about those things. Because to me, at least, I know the value of the professional networks or the informal networks that I take with me to this day, seven years after I graduated for business school, and certainly have uh, plenty of classmates and other people that I've encountered who have been a part of programs like Forte or any others for that matter. And those are the things that you take with you after you graduate. And as you grow in your career and evolve and get into higher stakes or need certain things, the ability for an individual to get the access to the insights, the opportunities, or the knowledge or the roles often comes from these types of organizations. And so I can totally see the value in not just having this for the leading up to the MBA experience, but certainly they're on after. Absolutely. Yes. And this is kind of what you touched on that, that network you build goes beyond just that point in time. So our hope is that women who go through Forte programs, this becomes a lifetime network and a lifetime resource. And our hope is that not only do they continue with that network, but that grows and that that can feed that growth and that it becomes self-sustaining. So hopefully that in the next 10 years, the women that at this point, Forte has been around long enough. We have women who have done the MBA with us who are probably having daughters who are going to go through this process again. And so this is this generational change that we're looking at. And I think that's so important to think about. And it's another layer. So this doesn't need to replace the layer of network that you have from undergrad or that you might have from another graduate program or your professional um, contacts. This is another layer that you get to add on to your experiences. And all of those can connect as well. And I think the other great thing is there are so many wonderful MBA programs out there and you do, you're do you not going to be limited to just connecting with people in your own program. And I know, Al, you were involved in organizations, same thing, where there are multiple partner schools. And so you're going to get to meet people that are at other programs and really expand the work that we're doing. And honestly, I think that is one of the most valuable pieces. I mean, you and I are probably dating ourselves here, but I remember when I was going through business school, and as listeners will know this, I was a member of the consortium, which is another phenomenal program. But one of the great value adds of that experience was being able to meet other consortium fellows from other MBA programs. But I think, and this is just my anecdotal observation, I graduated business school in 2015. I think today in 2022, when we're recording this, the amount of or the ability as well as the interest for people to connect with other people across programs or just connect in general, um, I think it's just there's a stronger propensity to do it. And it's just easier to do. Than it ever was before. And so uh, to the point you made, it's almost as if you're not only just getting a network and a great uh, community from whatever program that you go to, uh, but 
uh, through scaled access to a whole bunch of other ones that are part of the Forte uh, network as well. And so again, this just increases the surface area for opportunities to come up to strengthen relationships and to do other interesting things. Agreed. I love that surface area for opportunity. I'm like, I'm going to write this down. (laughs) Yeah, every now and then I come up with a good one. That's my contribution for today. One thing I did want to ask you about was you, through the work you do uh, and through the programs that you specifically run, I think you get the chance to meet many aspiring and emerging professionals in the workplace. So folks who have just joined the workplace or are a couple years perhaps into the or women who are a couple years into their career. As you reflect on the conversations that you're having with them, and I presume many of them are really thinking about their career and what that next step is, what are the some of the common questions that you get or that they're thinking about or that they're asking you for advice on? So I have the privilege of overseeing our MBA launch programs which is our portfolio of flagship MBA prep programs. And these are programs that help women understand what an MBA can be, the application process, the self-reflection process, and ultimately, hopefully, getting them a seat in an MBA program. So there's a couple things I observe, and there's two I want to touch on. One, I'll start with a story. I love LinkedIn. Like I love the chaos of LinkedIn and just any, also any sort of like LinkedIn funny meme. I'm all about it. But I do really think it's a powerful networking tool. And and Al, to your point, not to date myself too much, but there was a day not too long ago that I remember where you didn't have LinkedIn. But I love LinkedIn because it's a great way for me to reconnect with students. I've been in higher ed for over 10 years. I have lots of former students and people that I've worked with before. So a former student of mine sent me a message on LinkedIn, which is how you should do it, asking to introduce me to a friend of his. So I'll make a long story short. I got connected to her she had gotten admitted to a top five school and she was really worried because she didn't get any scholarship funding and she had done like the complete math. I was so impressed on exactly how much it was going to cost, how much loans she was going to have to take out. And she really didn't know what to do. So it was just looking for some advice and, and he had offered me up and I was happy to chat. And I hear this all the time that she told me, you know, I said, well, did you ask if there, if you could be reconsidered for scholarship? She didn't know she could ask. So Again, I hear this all the time and it's always shocking to me. So this is the PSA is you should ask. This is your permission to ask. Everyone out there, you should absolutely ask. You can ask for really anything as long as you're polite and respectful, but you should absolutely ask because business schools have funding. They have money that they want to give out to make the MBA a reality for more people. They need people in their classroom. So if you aren't asking for the money somebody else is. And that means that money is going somewhere else. The money has to go somewhere. So that's the biggest thing I hear is women don't think they can ask, don't think they can negotiate. That's not our default. And so I think it's really good to remind people that not only should you ask, but this is really good practice because you're going to have to ask for things throughout your journey to an MBA, during an MBA, and after. You're going to have to ask for more scholarship funding. You're going to have to ask for what you're worth. You're going to have to ask and apply for things during your MBA program. You're going to have to ask your job offer for more money. You're going to want more money, even if everyone should ask for more money when you get a job offer, by the way, no matter what. But you're going to really have to ask for what you're worth. It's not just going to be given to you. So that's a big thing. That funding piece is so key for so many women that I talk about. And that's part of what Forte was founded on is these Forte fellowships that partner schools give out that can be designated to help more women 
get into business school. So I think that's a big piece is funding. And again, my TLDR is ask for more money in all things. My second thing that I talk to candidates all the time about is this uh, kind of this theme of they tell me the no's. And what I mean by that is sometimes I will meet candidates for the first time and this is how they introduce themselves. They'll say, my name's Ashley. I come from a non-traditional background. I'm not a consultant. I'm not in finance. I didn't study business and I don't really have a quantitative background. I'm a little concerned about my GMAT. I don't think it's the greatest. And I'm kind of wondering like, what happens if I don't get into business school? What happens if I don't get a scholarship? And that's kind of the introduction. And everything in that introduction is a no. Like, I don't have this, I'm not this, and what if this doesn't happen? And I want everyone to reframe how they tell their story, because I think telling stories is the absolute key to success getting to business school and in business school. It's how you articulate your own journey when you apply. It's also how you have to articulate yourself in the classroom Because most of the time in the classroom, you're going to be talking to your peers and you have to convince them of some idea, right? When you're reading a case, you're telling a story. And then when you go to a job, right, the star method or whatever you want to call it for interviewing is just storytelling. So you have to be good at telling a story. And if you spend your entire introduction telling me what you aren't or who you aren't, I have no idea who you are. And so I tell candidates like, okay, no negative language in your introduction. What are you? and sell it. Because one of my favorite things is be yourself, everyone else is taken. You have to tell your own story. It's the only story you can tell authentically. So that's the other thing I tell women is be okay with your authentic story, because you're going to be unique in this process. You have to be unique in this process. Business schools only admit unique candidates. So make sure you're telling your authentic story. Those are the two things, biggest pieces of advice that I love to give to women. I think there's so many good truths in both of those things. And this episode is not meant to be about me, but I can absolutely tell you from just my own experience now as an entrepreneur, having to ask for things is has been something that I've had to do a lot of work on now that I'm in business for myself. I have to, if I want something, to ask for it. And I absolutely think that you're right in terms of this is, regardless of whether you choose to go down this path or not, engaging with Forte or any of these other programs for that matter, almost is a good experience in your own development and growth of having to come to some kind of introspection on who you are and what you want to do, right? Because in order to really ask for certain things, you actually have to think about what it is that you want or why that you want it or how the thing that you're potentially asking for is going to get you to where you want to go. And so I could totally see a world where this, even just the process of going through this and engaging this is a growth experience in and of itself save the actual experience and going through the programs that you have and everything else. Yeah. And I tell people it's really important to know what you want. And sometimes it's even more important to know what you don't want. Sure. And I think that's a subtle nuance between what you are and what you aren't versus what you want and what you don't want. I do think that process of elimination of possible career outcomes or possible business schools Crossing things off the list is very key. You have to we have to whittle it down somehow. But I think at the core of that, you do have to know who you are. And that is a journey that everyone's on for their entire lives if you're doing it right. But I do think eliminating options is great. That's a part of this journey is, is really going through and understanding that it's going to look different for everyone. And I do love that there's so many organizations out there helping people understand what those options are and really selecting what's going to be best for them. 
I think, at least from my own conversations with folks who are considering, in particular, a full-time MBA who are earlier in their career, I think one of the things that often gets them hung up on whether or not they would like to pursue an MBA. So let's assume that they have heard of it and directionally understand it could be a thing, but perhaps are struggling to figure out if it's the right thing for them. And I think part of that just comes from it seems like a behemoth of a decision. And part of that is just because it can be in terms of the cost and in terms of the time. What is your advice if you subscribe to this idea that, okay, I should figure out where I want to go, but it's not always as simple as that, right? How can someone maybe get to that if they agree that, yes, self-awareness is important and reflecting your goals is important, but sometimes that answer just doesn't come from a drop of a hat. How can you would, how would you advise perhaps a young woman who was trying to figure this out for herself? Yeah, absolutely. And yes, it is not, it's not going to fall from the sky, though I think there are watershed moments sometimes where you just have a sudden awareness of, oh my gosh, I know my calling. And wow, jealous if that happens. But I do think it's a journey. And I think one of the biggest things I tell people to do is to talk to people. And people love talking about themselves, usually, as long as they have time, right? So again, LinkedIn is a great place to start. Go, and if you're a couple of years out of college, go back and look at people that you were friends with in college that have different jobs than you and look at their network. You might have people that that were maybe tangentially friends with you. You were part of a student organization. You're a part of a service organization, something like that, where you could go and say, hey, we were a part of XYZ organization together. I see that you went to business school. Can I talk to you about your experience? I guarantee they're happy to talk about it. Maybe not guarantee, but like pretty guaranteed. And you can also go and find people who have similar backgrounds to you. So maybe you go and search on LinkedIn. I want to look at this business school. Let me find somebody who has a similar undergrad degree or is from my hometown or my home country and start looking at the journey that they've been on. I think that's a really important piece. Again, this idea of being able to, to, you have to be able to see it, right, to achieve it. I think that's a big piece. And I will say when you're earlier in your career, this can be more challenging And part of it is that when you're likely in your early 20s, you're in a very different place in your life than you might be if you were in your early 30s. I will say, you know, one of the things I think we had planned to talk about, Alice, kind of generally, what are some challenges that early career women face? And I think one of the things I will say is that there is there are going to be people in your life that are not potentially going to support this decision, because as you said, The MBA is a big commitment. It's a commitment of time, money, effort. It takes everything, right? And that's just to apply to business school, let alone when you get to business school and you have to like do the class. So I think there's always going to be people that are negative about this. And one of the things we talk about in our launch program is that doing launch, doing an MBA prep program is like joining a gym. We like joke, it's like uh, buying a Peloton. Kind of think getting to business school is like training and running a marathon. There are going to be people who tell you you're crazy. You're going to tell people, I'm going to run a marathon. And they're going to say, that's insane. They're not going to respect the time and the effort that you're putting into this because it is ultimately all about you. Going to business school is inherently a very personal journey. You're the one that's going to have to apply, go to class, graduate, right? So there are going to be people that are going to sway you away from this goal and to try to basically talk you out of it and undermine what you're achieving. So I think it's important to remember what your big picture goals are. The other thing I'll say, I'm just going to go with this metaphor now because I'm on it. 
of running a marathon is there are also going to be people that try to tell you how to go through this journey. And I think that's a really key piece that we try to avoid in our prep programs and MBA launch specifically. We're going to try very hard not to tell you how to do this because it is a very personal journey. And for example, we have over 50 full-time MBA program partners. They all look very different. They're for very different types of people with very different types of goals. There's many different ways to run a marathon, right? And so there are always going to be people, I was kind of thinking like, there's always going to be people when you tell them you're running a marathon that are be like, oh, are you running the Boston Marathon? And you'd be like, no, I'm just running like a regular one. Guys, it's still 26.2 miles. Like it's still a really good achievement. You don't have to go to Boston for school or the marathon to mean that it's important and it's impactful because this work is individual. You have to show up every day. You have to sit for the GMAT. You got to write those application essays. This is going to be difficult. So you need to find people that are going to be your supporter section. And I think a big thing for us is that might mean you do a program like MBA Launch, which of course I'm a big fan of because I oversee the program. I have an amazing team that works on that. Shout out to Sarah and Melissa. But it also means we have lots of programs that are kind of entry level for women to get an idea of who else is out there and who can support them. So come to a Forte Forum, come to our Diversity Day, attend a webinar, start finding your community, find your people. And Forte, like many other wonderful organizations like the Consortium, it is about finding people that are going to be supportive of your journey because you're all on this journey. It's going to look different for everybody, but it's about finding your supporter section and find the people that are going to cheer you on when things are really tough and you're having to go through all the difficult times before you get to enjoy business school. I, that, that was really that's very well said, and I think that's actually a good segue because I would love to actually have you talk about a couple of the programs that you mentioned in terms of launch, as well as some of the other programs that are targeted for earlier career women. Could you, so could you share a little bit more about those programs? Yeah, absolutely. And Forte has grown a lot, and we're always launching new programs and trying to make sure that we have resources and events available for women, no matter where you are in the process. So, if you anywhere from an current undergraduate student to someone who's considering an executive program. We have programs available to help the MBA become a reality. So MBA launches our flagship prep program. It's an eight-month prep program. Our intake is typically in February, and then women complete the program in time to apply for round one application deadlines. It's eight months long. It's cohort-based. So you're with a group typically you know, about 600 other women that are going through this process together to prepare you for an MBA program. Then we have a couple different flavors of that. So that's our kind of live flagship program. We also have an on-demand version. We're recording this right now in, in July. The on-demand version is open now. It's self-paced, so you can go at your own pace and go through the same curriculum. It's just asynchronous. We also have a program that we're launching this fall of 20, 2022 for undergraduate women. So if you're an undergraduate woman, you're thinking about a deferred program or an early career, early entry MBA program, we'll have a version of launch for you. And then of course, if you're more advanced in your career, maybe you're thinking about an executive MBA program, you want to stay working, you want to do a professional MBA program. We also, MBA launch is a great option for you as well. We kind of have a cohort within the cohort of women that are more advanced in their career, that are more at that kind of executive level that might be looking at a program there. So I oversee all those flavors of launch. And then we also have programming that's just open for everyone. So our Forte forums are designed to further the mission of Forte. They're big events we do throughout the United States and also virtually. 
We have a diversity day that's virtual again this year, which is just a great way, again, to continue that conversation and to talk not just about getting to business school, but what it's like when you're in business school, what it's like in your professional career. And then, of course, we have webinars because, you know, who doesn't have webinars? But these are really easy kind of bite-sized pieces of the application that we'll go through. And those resources I just mentioned, forums, diversity day, webinars, they're all free. So it's all about getting information out there, trying to eliminate kind of the asymmetric information that can exist in the application process. And again, make the MBA more of a tangible reality, something that they can actually see for so many women in this process. That was a great download on all the different offerings that you have for early and career women. And I know that you spend a lot of time, obviously, talking with prospective students, certainly making sure that you're focused on getting schools, getting their involvement. But I would love to also have you maybe talk about some of the corporate partnerships that you have and how those play a role in opportunities or providing opportunities and support uh, for the women who engage with any of your programs. Yeah, absolutely. So we have in total over 170 school and corporate partners. And these are mission aligned partners. So partners that have said that they align with the mission of Forte and are looking for more equity and representation, not only in their workplaces, but hopefully in their management and in their boardrooms. And so I think that one of the biggest pieces here is that for the most part, I have found that in the last couple of years, employees demand more from their employers. We haven't talked about it too much recently, but there was the, what was dubbed the great resignation of uh, 2021. And I think it was Ariana Huffington that said the great resignation is really the great reevaluation. And I think what's happening is that we were all forced during the pandemic to really take a look at decisions that are being made around work and life. I don't say work-life balance because I think that is a hilarious concept, but really kind of work-life integration and what priorities looked like for careers. And I think this specifically affected women. And there's a lot of great research. McKinsey does their Women in the Workplace study every year. And a lot of this was highlighted in 2021 around women doing the second shift, meaning they're doing work that goes unrecognized. Many are caring for children or caring for parents, caring for family, There's a lot going on that was exposed during our great work from home experiment that we were all a part of in the last couple of years. And so I also think that showed a lot of employees what benefits really looked like from companies. And I also think, especially in the last couple of months, employees have really been shown that what corporations and what their employers really feel about social issues. And I think for the last couple of years, especially after the murder of George Floyd was a specific salient example that being silent on social issues really is no longer an option for corporations. There's no longer an option for employers to not take a stand on issues that affect their day-to-day, their employees' day-to-day lives. And so what that really means is that employers do need to be thinking about the decisions that they make at a higher level can impact whether or not employees choose to stay. I think it was like something like 4 million people quit their job October of last year. There are a lot of people that said, I don't want to do this anymore for a lot of different reasons. But keeping employees, not just hiring, but keeping them is big business. And so organizations do need to be thinking about the partnerships that they have and in essence, the messages that they're sending their employees. Thankfully, Forte, we work with some amazing corporate partners 
And many of them invest heavily, not just in partnership, but also in specific resources for their employees. So we have an amazing Allies for Gender Equity program that we do for corporate partners. For example, I will go and present to an ERG about the resources that Forte offers, the opportunities out there, the transformative power of an MBA. There are more employers now that are willing to support the education of employees. And hey, to our earlier question, it never hurts to ask. You might want to ask your employer, if you love your employer and you want to stay with them, you might want to ask what support they might have for you to do an MBA. I think that's really shocking to people because they think the second they mention to their employer that they want to go back to school, that they're going to get fired. And no one can really afford to do that right now. So think about the value you bring to an organization, right? It's always cheaper to retain talent than to try and find new talent. So it's always a good idea to ask because, as I said, we have some amazing corporate partners that are there to support women um, and do that through the partnership in Forte, but also do that really through being mission aligned in the work that we do. That I think that's such a great point. And I think there those partners add value in, in so many ways. And I think at to your, to what you're talking about, if you're someone who is interested in growing yourself and developing yourself and looking for further education and you're at a company that is not going to support that or is going to penalize you for wanting to do that, I think that can also be a telltale sign of um, A, like what's important to you, but B, what's important to the employer and a really important insight for you to have. But I also, to the one point you made, I think that's really uh, what's really valuable about it is just, again, going back to my notion of just getting opportunities or increasing your service area for opportunities. There are so many people I talk to who go through these programs who encounter companies for the first time or get access to companies that they probably would have not had a chance to engage with just on their own volition, either because it just wasn't on their radar or just wasn't in their immediate network. And so even if that isn't necessarily the company that you're going to go to right now or at this moment, those opportunities can come and create opportunities for you further down the road. And so as much as this is about, again, the short term, it's also about thinking about how am I growing myself for the longer term? And while you can't always predict how those things will turn out, being engaged in these programs certainly just gives you better odds. I always remind people it's not just about your first job. It's about all the jobs that are going to come after that. And I think that's one of the greatest things about an MBA is it's not just going to help you for, get a first great job after graduation, but it is going to help you for every subsequent job after that. I think you just stole the words out of my mouth. One of the things that I always tell people is that the, your first job out of business school, your first career out of business school probably won't be your last one. And so to have a program like Forte going with you on the journey, not just for the first role or career, but there on after, I think certainly has a ton, a ton of value. So one thing I, I did want to ask you about, you've had the ability to be at Forte for a few years, but you've also worked in higher education as well, being in the graduate admission side as well. And I'm just curious, there's a lot of talk obviously today about the opportunities and innovation within graduate business education. And certainly we're at an inflection point in the workplace. I would love to know from you, what do you think is new or different about careers today that wasn't maybe true either when you were started with Forte or even when you started your career working in graduate admissions. I'd be curious to just to hear how you think things have changed. Yeah. And I love the opportunity to reflect on how things have changed as also a good way to recognize a lot of the work that has been done over the last 5, 10, 20 years. 
because sometimes it's easy to get bogged down in, in what's happening today. And you, sometimes you need a recharge and a good way to look is sometimes look back on what happened. And when I started in admissions, it was a long time ago. I was just thinking the other day that I had a Rolodex on my desk, which some people are going to think, what the heck is that? Um, I don't know. Look it up. It's you're not even going to know what it is. It held business cards <laughs> back before you had them all on your phone. But not to date myself too much. I will say there's been a lot of amazing work in the last few years. And certainly I'll say when I was in admissions, maybe we'll say five plus years ago, really the I would say the focus of a lot of MBA programs, I would say from my perspective, was let's get the best class profile possible. And what that really meant was we're going to get the best students with the best GPA, the best GMAT scores, and then we're going to get the best employment rate and the best starting salary and everything will be fine. And that obviously was not a necessarily a, a winning idea because it left out the importance of the diversity that's necessary in the classroom to really elevate the conversation. And I think over the last few years, certainly candidates have started to ask some really savvy questions around really beyond just the numbers, but really ultimately what the classroom environment is looking like. And I also think it's hard to, to talk about MBA programs without at some point mentioning the rankings. And I think we could have an entire, I could just talk about that for a day. But to keep it relatively short, I also, I was excited in the last few years to see that there were some rankings around things aside from just the best, right? The very subjective best. There were programs getting recognition for diversity. The University of Rochester Simon, which is one of our partner schools, they're also part of the consortium, recognized for, for the most diverse program in the United States. I love that. Financial Times did a ranking of best MBA programs for women. So there were the recognition that part of it was, right, new, we got to find a new way to rank things, but also recognition that there are things beyond the numbers that are really important. And I think representation is important in business school. So you can look at a class profile and see their gender breakdown, breakdown of racial or ethnic representation, countries of origin. But I also think there's some more important questions that candidates have started and should absolutely continue asking, which is around what does the classroom look like and what does that employment look like as you look at representation? So yes, you might be close to gender parity, but what do the starting salaries look like? Do the starting salaries look similar for men or for women in an MBA program or for candidates who come from different backgrounds? Those are important questions to ask because it goes beyond just representation. This is really about institutional change. And I think that's what's really coming to light in the last five years is that this needs to be at an institutional level. This is not just about getting diverse students into the classroom. And one of the things I wanted to touch on was something that Forte did, which is the case for women. So ultimately, one of the things to think about when you're an MBA program is you're not just influenced by the people sitting next to you. You're also influenced by faculty and staff, right? Ask how, what the percent of women faculty at, a, at an MBA program is. Sometimes it's a little shocking. But also think about the material that you're going to be reading in the classroom. So the case for women ultimately was, we kind of liked it to like the Bechdel test for case studies and tried to incentivize for more cases that would ultimately kind of pass this benchmark. So cases with female protagonists, cases where the female protagonist was a positive leader 
So a case study that actually had good characteristics of a female leader, there was some gender balance in the case studies. So the case can't all be women, right? That's not representation representative. Women also need to speak to other women in the case, just like the Bechdel test, they have to speak to each other. And then the other thing was the setting. So the cases, not only do you need cases with women in them that are checking all these boxes, but we always say like the four Fs. So food, family, fashion, and furniture. Those are the ones we don't, women represented in those cases just fine. But are there cases around other industries that are actually passing this test? And this is a huge thing, that awareness piece of when you're sitting in the classroom, ultimately thinking about the material that is influencing, whether consciously or unconsciously, influencing the perception of women in business. And so the really impactful thing about that case for women idea is that how women are portrayed in classroom material influences not just women, but also men. Because if you're if you're always having cases where women are making copies and identified by what they wear and don't talk at all, then that's influencing not just women, but men. It's influencing everyone in the classroom. So I'm excited that in the last five or 10 years, we've seen conversations around the material in classrooms. We've seen conversations around faculty representation. We've also seen conversations around the importance of institutional support for students from underrepresented groups. So are there people who work specifically in diversity, equity, and inclusion in the university, what sort of power they have, how they work across different parts of the university, not to get too much into the institutional makeup of a university, but these are really important things because a business school is a part of a university and the resources that a university has and the culture of a university is going to impact the business school that you're a part of. No matter how insular they are as, a, as an entity within the larger university, those institutional decisions do affect business school and therefore business school students. So ask those tough questions. Ask questions around pay equality. Ask questions around representation. Ask questions about the resources once you get on campus. Because it's important to think that when you're on campus, they're going to be, you're going to be stressed, you're going to be taking classes, you want to understand the resources that may or may not be available to you on campuses. That's a lot of really great insights. I feel like we should do a whole nother podcast, particularly on some of the changes and the nuances, but thank you for bringing some of those to life. Ashley, it's been great chatting with you. I guess maybe just last question here. What advice do you have for women who are early in their career who are considering and thinking about how do I advance and grow and might be interested in an MBA degree? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll say, I'm really excited. We're going to be celebrating our 20th anniversary, though it's like 20-ish anniversary. We're going big for 20th anniversary. So uh, as I said, this reflection has been really nice. And it's been amazing to see women that that started with Forte in our first class of fellows and where they are in their career now. So we're super excited for 20 years and excited to be a resource for women for that long and to be giving advice. So it's my absolute privilege to be here and, and to be talking to women and talking to everyone because gender equity and gender parity is, is something we all have to be a part of. My biggest piece of advice for women is more of just a command. And that is that there is a place for you in business school. There's a place for you in business school. There's a place for you in management. There's a place for you in the boardroom. And sometimes it means you have to pull up your own chair or start your own table, but there is absolutely a place for you. It's not going to be easy. Often, I would say most of the time, it's not going to be easy, but you can do hard things and there is absolutely a place for you in business school. 
you can do hard things. I love that. That's a great way to end. Ashley Watsonheiser, uh, thank you so much for joining me today and for talking about Forte and advice for early and career women who are considering an MBA. Thanks for coming back. Al, my pleasure. Always happy to be here. Always happy to come back and just really excited to share and always excited to chat with you. Hi, everyone. Al D here. And thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.